heated up through the Let's just read from verse 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by the revelation, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews religion above many my equals in mine own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none save James the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you behold before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith with which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, this opportunity of being able to continue um, to learn more about you, and in particular the gospel, um, through the book of Galatians. And um, Father, we thank you for uh, the simplicity of the gospel message and um, Father we thank you for that even though it cost you so much to send your son to die on the cross in our place and we pray that you'll bless our time together that you'll um, continue to teach us more about yourself and to equip us um, for the work of the ministry for it's in Jesus name we ask these things Amen Okay so um, this week before we sort of um, progress too much further. I just want to um, uh, revisit Acts, um, particularly Acts 13 and 14, as we talk about this, this matter of the gospel. Um, so last week we finished off with um, Paul saying that if any man preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. And he repeated that twice as a matter of um, emphasis. So this, this epistle is to um, the Galatians. And, um, and so what I thought might be a good idea is if we revisit um, Acts 13 and 14 
to see the gospel message that Paul preached to the Galatians. Um, now, we've, we've looked at Galatians um, 13 and 14 before, but we're, we're more sort of uh, interested in that as a part of the context of the book of Galatians as to why he wrote it. But what was the gospel message that Paul preached um, to, um, to the Galatians? So let's turn back to um, Acts chapter 13. And we'll start, uh, we won't start at the beginning, we'll start verse 13. Because this is where um, Paul's on, his, he's already into his first missionary journey and verse 13 is where um, uh, they sort of head up onto the mainland almost into, um, into Antioch and Pisidia in, in southern Galatia. So verse 13, now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to... Perga in Pamphylia and John departing from them returned to Jerusalem but when they departed from Perga they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath um, day and sat down just somewhere back here there we go um so you'll, you'll notice there that, that blue line, that's Paul's first missionary journey. Okay, so verse 13 is in um, Pamphylia, so he's just on the mainland. And then now verse 14 into Antioch, which is now southern Galatia. Um, verse 15, and after reading the reading of the law, so this is in the synagogue, uh, and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue, sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation, for the people say on then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said men of Israel and ye that fear God give audience the God of this people of Israel cho um, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt and with an high arm brought he them out of it and about the time of 40 years suffered he their menace in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a saviour, Jesus. And there's, there's our first link um, in, in this uh, recital of Paul's between um, Jesus and the promised seed of David. Verse 24. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose 
Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, um, to you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him, that is Jesus. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulchre. But God raised him from the dead, and he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So Paul again is linking um, the resurrection of Christ um, back to Old Testament references to Christ. Um, verse 35, Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thy whole... Oh, I missed one. Verse 34, And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. Okay, so what Paul's saying there is that it's obvious that the psalm, like this uh, prophecy, was not talking about David because he saw corruption. So it's obviously, obviously talking about the one um, that would come of the seed of David. Um, verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, that is Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, and you know, the Pharisees have already rightly said, um, when Jesus was on earth, that no man can forgive sins but God. Okay, so Paul is making these links that Jesus is God, is God's, is the Son of God. Um, uh, where was I? Verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. That's an important point too, you know, that Paul's making there. It's... Um, Jesus' death on the cross, that is the payment for sins, not all the ritual and the law that they'd been, that they'd been um, observing, that the Jews had been observing. Remember, Paul's in the, in the synagogue here, so his, this message is, is primarily to Jews. Okay? This recital of the Jewish history is, is, is for the Jews. Um, so he's giving them the links between... Um, their history and Christ who has recently been taken back up to heaven. Um, verse 40. Beware therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. 
Behold, ye despisers and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And that is just about to happen. Um, that's, that's a prophecy from, from the Old Testament saying that, um, you know, to beware, to behold, you know, um, to be alert because the, it, God's going to work a work in them that even though someone may declare that work to you, you're, you know, many of you are not going to believe. Okay, Paul is here declaring that work to them. Let's see what happens. Um, verse 42. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next day um, came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. So there they are, fulfilling um, what Paul just said in verse 41. So though um, this work is declared, is proclaimed among you, um, many of you are not going to believe. Um, verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad, and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. Okay, so, you know, the gospel... Um, was published throughout all that region. Verse 50, But the Jews stirred up devout and honourable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Okay, so now, if you, if you look on the map there, um, they're going across... To the, um, to the east, uh, to Iconium, the next stop. Uh, chapter 14, verse 1. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews. So back in the synagogue again. And so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews, with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of 
uh, Lyconia unto the region that lieth round about. Okay, and while, while they're there, verse 7, and there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. Um, and they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands under the gates, and would have done sacrifice with the people, which, when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. Now remember, Paul has just... Um, been preaching the gospel uh, and we know what that is that's essentially the message that he gave to in um, in Antioch just just prior that that recital of um, Jewish history and um, in making those links between the Old Testament prophecies and Christ and saying that you know they're one and the same person it's this Christ is the one that all of that was pointing to um, he's the one that's paid the, um, the price for our sins. Um, and it's through him we are justified. Now remember in, you know, part of what the book of Hebrews dealt with was that the blood of bulls and goats was not enough to justify. Okay? They merely pointed to one who would come um, at some stage down the track. And Christ is that one. So Paul, you know, Paul's making all those links as part of his message um, to these people. But the gospel message is, well, we'll recite that in a minute. Okay, um, verse... Where were we? Verse 15. No, 16. Who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness. So Paul here is talking to, um, you know, to these people who were just about to um, worship um, him and Barnabas because of the healing of this um, impotent man. Um, verse 17, Nevertheless, he God, he, God left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven. And fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. You know, Paul's saying here that, that God, God's goodness fell on everyone. You know, just through simple things like, um, like rain and fruitful seasons. And filling our hearts with food and gladness. Verse 18, And with these sayings, scarce restrained they the people, that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came uh, thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed 
with Barnabas to Derby, um, which is uh, right on the eastern side of southern Galatia there. Um, it's their last stop before they head back again. Uh, verse 21, And when they had preached the gospel to that city, okay, so they repeated this process in that, in, in that city of Derby, and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch and, and so on. So, um, get the right. So the gospel message that the Galatians heard from Paul was that Jesus Christ was the seed of David, which was promised by God, who would come and bring salvation to the world. He did this by dying on the cross in our place for our sins, you know, which was pictured um, through all their Old Testament um, ceremony, through the sacrifices and all that sort of thing. Um, and that he was buried and that God raised him from the dead so that his body didn't see corruption. And there were many witnesses to that fact, um, just as God had promised in the Psalms. Our hope, our salvation, is to accept his substitution for us, or me, to believe, um, which some of the Galatians did. However, as we are finding out, there were many who, who could or would not accept this simplicity of the gospel because they have been relying on their observance of the law to save them. Um, they have been relying on the blood of bulls and goats to save them, you know, which... Uh, Paul dealt with in the book of Hebrews. So that's the um, the gospel message that the Galatians heard. So now, as we uh, go into this next um, uh, section of um, the book of Galatians, so which is the you know from verse eleven to twenty four in chapter one, um, which is what lessons three is all about, we're just going to get an introduction. Um, this morning. So for the past few lessons, we've read through Paul's introduction to the Galatians, which among his letters in scripture is probably his first chronologically. The church in Galatia was dear to Paul, with many of the believers there having been saved under his ministry. But once he returned to Antioch, he heard that false teachers had already crept into the church, into the church after he left, teaching that Gentile Christians must conform to Jewish tradition in order to continue growing in Christ. Paul defends his message first by establishing his authority as an apostle of Christ. He doesn't try to inflate his own importance, but instead connects his message and ministry to the authority of God himself. And having warned the Galatians of the dangers of false gospels, Paul continues to defend the true gospel, and his ministry of it. The remainder of chapter 1 and all of chapter 2 develop Paul's argument um, with three main points. Excuse me. Firstly, um, the gospel message is not of human invention. Okay, and this is uh, the remainder of chapter 1. If people had invented the gospel, then its creators 
would be more important than its message. The gospel would be in service to its preachers, not the other way around. And then secondly, the gospel's message is confirmed among believers. And that's covered in the first 10 verses uh, of chapter 2. The gospel proves itself true no matter whom it touches. The gospel works the same way in, um, in Sydney as what it does in Perth. It affects a, um, a, a business executive the same way it does a dock worker. It's transnational and transcultural because Christ demonstrates his saving power everywhere at all times for anyone who comes to him. And then thirdly, the messengers of the gospel are not above the message of the gospel in verses 11 to 21 of chapter 2. No matter how impressive the preachers or teachers might be, the gospel is always their master. When we believe that we are more important than the gospel, we will attempt to bend it to serve our own pride and weakness. Okay, but um, today we're just going to start on the first point. Let's see. A couple of minutes. All right, let's see how we go. It's only a short section, this first section. The gospel can save us because um, it is not from us. It is from God. Um, only Christ's power could make us children of God. And only his grace will bring us closer to him. The gospel does not come from mankind. So, back to Galatians chapter 1. Let's just read verse 11 and 12 again. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. So that message that Paul gave to the Galatians was not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not a product of human invention. The Greek phrase used in verse 11 is... Carter uh, Anthropos, meaning according to men. The gospel does not follow human thought or logic. According to human thinking, if we wrong God, if we reject God and defy God, uh, defy God with our sin, we have to make it right. That's according to human logic. Shouldn't the burden of restoration sit on our shoulders? That's part of human logic. Mankind's fundamental spiritual problem is our separation from God. Other religions might say this is a separation from some other supreme deity or being or collective, but these belief systems all offer the same solution. We must make it right. Um, we, not God, must do enough good to balance the scales in our favour. We must work or fight or pray or meditate our way back to him. That's mankind's thinking. Okay, But the gospel of Christ offers a unique way back to God, which could only have come from God. We come to him through the work of his own son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And we grow closer to him by his grace. Paul makes his point in two parts. Paul was not given the gospel by people. Paul reasserts the parenthetical comment he made back in verse 1. His position as an apostle 
did not come from other people, and neither did his message. It did not, uh, it did not originate in mankind's imagination. And secondly, Paul was not taught the gospel by people. There's a difference between education and revelation. Paul claims that he did not learn the gospel by studying under the teaching of another person. Rather, he learned through direct revelation from Christ. Paul knew that the gospel of grace came from Christ because Christ taught it to him directly. And then in the um, second part of verse 12 there, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, the gospel is a revelation of Jesus Christ. The gospel came from Christ because he is the gospel's central truth. He is the heart of the gospel message. Um, he is the heart of the good news, which is what gospel means. The good news tells us about his character, his love, his grace, his work. It is a revelation from him, so it contains none of the pride and error found in false human-created doctrine. Um, Christ is a central theme uh, of, or is the centre of the gospel message. He is um, the gospel message and that's what Paul is trying to drive home with these Galatians because they've got they've got Jews who are who who rejected the gospel message trying to tell them that in order to be saved they need to uh, be circumcised and observe whatever other Jewish customs they are imposing on them um, but that's not what the gospel message is you know Christ came as the fulfilment of all the Jewish law. So nothing needs to be added. If they try to add anything, then that's saying that Christ was inadequate. And that's what Paul dealt with in the book of Hebrews, the adequacy or the all-sufficiency of Christ. And, and, and we've looked at that. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, for your word. Father, we thank you so much um, for the simplicity of the gospel. Father, we thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross um, in our place, um, that you did all the work, Father, that all we need to do um, is uh, accept Christ as our own personal saviour. And, um, and we thank you, Father, for the simplicity of the gospel. And we pray, Father, that you'll just help us to be uh, always ready and willing to give an answer for this hope which you have given to us with meekness and fear, and to defend um, your gospel message, Father, as you call us to. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.